Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Ilya Marchenko. I'm Janis Kuda. I'm Evgeny Donsker. I'm Henry Larson. I'm Peter Torepko. And you're listening to the Game to Love podcast. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We're finally bringing you another podcast. Uh, yeah, I'm here. I've had to come into work after my move and BT decided not to turn up to fit the internet. So, yeah, here I am in the office, uh, got a meeting room, and, yeah, doing the live. Mate, that's not the truth. You just break. wanted to get back to work. <laughs> Couldn't be further <laughs> from the truth. <laughs> How's it going over your end? Yeah, not too bad, man. I think I've got a better solution now for my internet, so that should be good. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to sort of get stuck into all the tennis because there's been so much going on. Um, since the last time we did it, we was we, the last podcast we did was on the draw. And I think since then, we've had two Challenger finals. We've had a Hamburg final. And then obviously, Roland Garros right now. And um, yeah, it's all sort of happening at once, isn't it? Yeah, it's just because they're all overlapping. Uh, I've never yeah. seen this before. You just had like the Hamburg final was finishing on the same day that the French Open was starting. It's just yeah. bizarre. Just don't. You've never seen this in the tennis world before, but they're somehow making it work. I don't know how, but they are. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's get stuck into it. Uh, should we have a look over at the well, the one that we were most excited about? Sad we couldn't cover yeah. it. Uh, which was that challenger over in Forley in Italy, yeah. which was by, well, obviously Lorenzo Massetti and uh, Tiago Montero. Who... Mate, this is one we would 100% have done a live watch along for. Yeah. Um, we just wasn't able to this time, but in the future, I'm sure we're going to see a lot of Massetti finals. Well, I'm hoping yeah. so anyway. Um, oh, this sure. one lived up to the bill. He was incredible. He played really well. Um, I was watching the match and the atmosphere seemed really good as well. Like obviously, the Italian home crowd, everyone was yeah. getting pumped for him. And uh, he's got a big backing already, this guy. Uh, oh, I feel a bit man. sorry for Montero because I thought he played a pretty faultless match, to be honest. It's close to not much more he could have done, really. Well, you could say he could have won it. That would have been better. But 
aside from winning it, like he did his best. He just tried to stay in there with Massetti. Uh, it was re- relatively uh, even contest, but Massetti just had that edge on the big points and managed to take yeah. it in the end in two tie breaks. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, yeah a very, very entertaining match, I have to say. Yeah. Uh, Massetti flourishes in front of the home crowd, it seems. He likes that, playing in front of uh, the Italian faithful. And, well, Montero, we know how good he is. We know that he's one of those amazing clay court players. He's so good in the challenges. Uh, has he, Can he step up into the ATP and do as well? Mm. Uh, I think I think so. I still yeah. think that he's, he, he's not an old uh, player. He's 26. So, Mate, we've seen definitely... it before. He's played some, good, some, uh, some really top players and been yeah. right in the battle. He's just not been able to get it over the line. But just on Massetti, really, this is just what an achievement. What a few like weeks, months it's been for him. Obviously, ATP yeah. Rome went brilliant for him, played an amazing tournament there. Um, it's a bit unlucky, really, in terms of, like, I think he was just overplayed and just got a bit fatigued, really, when it comes to Dominic Quetfa. Uh But yeah. he's an informed man as well. We've seen that already in Roland Garros. He started off uh, firing. Yeah. So, yeah, fair play to him. He's had a brilliant thing. Obviously, that's his now his first challenger title and first of many yeah. for me. I don't think he's going to be in the challengers for too much longer even. I think he's going to be bypassing that. He's going straight for the ATP 250s, 500s. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, play his trade and just try and grab a couple more challenger titles on clay. But uh, Or even maybe if he wants to improve his hardcourt game, might mm. even be worth doing a couple of hardcourt challenges. But yeah, we've seen how well he played. Mate, he can do it on the hardcourt. He won, what's it, Australian Open Junior. So yeah. he's got it in his locker for sure. And obviously, Sinny beat Stan Wawrinka. He beat yeah. uh, Kay Nishikori. Came up short against Kwepfa, but Kwepfa was in the form of his life. Took Djokovic to the three sets, so not a bad tournament. And he's yeah. on the map now for everybody. And well, I think it can only get better from here now. But the the well, the spotlight is definitely on him now. So it, you can't yeah. slip up. Well, There's we've no... got a lot to talk about with uh, Kane Shikori and Stan Wawrinka, so we'll just. We'll yeah, hold fire sure. with that for the moment. Let's go on to the other challenger and one we both predicted. That was in, uh, was it Romania, was it? I believe it was. I in, think yeah, so, yeah. It, I can't pronounce the uh, name of it, unfortunately, because uh, not very good in these pronunciations. Let me just find it. It was in Orly, it's, Sib- it's... Sib- Sibiu. Oh, Sibiu. Sibiu. That's it, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, like we like we said, there was a, this great uh, player at the moment who's in a scintillating form, which is uh, Huesler. Uh, Mark Andrea has Wessler. Wait, we both called it early on, early doors in the tournament. We both looked at the the the, the, the draw. We saw Wessler, and his his name just stuck out to us. Obviously, beating Fanini recently, Rusevori, uh, some other big names as well. And yeah, he's an impressive player. Look, you can see here he won two nil in the final Six, against Etcheverry, and uh, that last set he bageled him. Yeah. That's it's just so promising. I mean, he wasn't really even on the radar for me pretty much until no. coming out of this uh, COVID thing. And since he's hit the courts again, he seems to be really good. Like, and especially good to see another Swiss player uh, who's suddenly come from nowhere. It, what, what it seems we obviously have Laxanen, we've got Vavrinka, yeah. obviously Federer. But, yeah, great to see another player who's sort of making his mark now. And that's in the challenger scene. Hopefully we get to see him in uh, some ATP events if he continues that type of form. 
Yeah, yeah. So stay tuned for stay tuned for him because he looks like a, a man in form, a bit like that Aslan Karatsev. And I'm not sure. Do you know if he got a lucky loser into the Roland Garrison in the end? Uh, Karatsev, I'm not sure. I'll have uh, to. We'll, we'll have a look at that in a minute. I'm sure. It's yeah. fine. We'll have to look now. Let's just move on to the French Open because I'm sure a lot oh. of you want to be finding out about that. Do you want to uh, touch on, sorry to interrupt, do you want to touch on quickly the, the final? Obviously, we had the ATP final between Rublev and Sitka. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm skipping that one, Hamburg. mate. It's just yeah. so mental that Hamburg's happening. It happened at the same time. Yeah, and, I know, um, it's crazy. Yeah, fair play to Rublev. Incredible. What a final from him. He played some scintillating tennis both of them did actually I thought the, the quality amazing. was really high and um, I don't know it just seemed to me like the conditions in Germany seem a lot better than they are in France right now maybe because the obviously there's playing yeah. the final it looked a bit closed in but even Phil, Philip Chatra uh, court just wasn't the same like it just looks in, in France right now it looks a bit torrid not gonna lie slow yeah that's the word yeah I mean if you bring up the uh, final there just between yeah. those two it was yeah for me Tennis of the highest standard. I thought it was great to see Stefanos sit a pass back into a good form again and yep. get into a final. But we did see, I think there's still a mental thing going on there because he was had the break. He was serving for the match in the third set there at 5-4 and it, his head went again. He got three yep. break points against him again, lost three games on the bounce there and lost the match. He's got to be very, very disappointed that he didn't win that title there, I have to yep. say. Yeah, no, I think they both played a really good match. I think it was very evenly contested. It's a bit disappointing, obviously, for City Pass. He wasn't able to just sort of hold on right at the death there. But we've seen it a few times now recently with him. And it probably is playing a part in like, it's, there's something in his head not quite there. And uh, Rublev yeah. is someone who is relatively strong up there. And uh, yeah. we've seen that with his titles this year. Obviously, only Novak Djokovic has won more titles than Rublev this his year. third one, isn't it, this year? Yeah. So he's a man in form, mate. And uh, I think even ATP matches, he's the second on the list there as well, winning the second most matches. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly, Gal Gal Feast was still quite high up there, and he's not really bounced back very well no, since he's come back. But be, I think he's playing later against Bublik, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, definitely uh, will be interesting. Uh, yeah, thanks to some of the guys in the comments uh, coming in. We got John there yeah. saying that the conditions are playing slow. Uh, yeah, it's definitely playing very slow. Yeah, there at the French Open, and yeah. we've got uh, Jovan there in there saying. Chilich. Oh, right. There's actually a match is going on right now. There's matches going on, yeah, yeah. Maran Chilich is playing Dominic Team right now, obviously, yeah. And there's a a break, apparently, for Chilich in this third set. Yeah, but no, John, we're going to go on to the the conditions in Roland Garros. We've got that later on in the podcast because there's a lot to talk about there. But there's a good point you make about Rublev in the quarterfinals. We agree with that for sure. Well, I do anyway. I think he's going to go deep in this tournament. Interesting, this next question from Francisco. Uh, Sinner, Alcaraz or Massetti in two years, who's going to be the best? And that is a very, very good question. Looking at their current form, I would go with Sinner, to be honest, just be, just based upon his... That's a bit of a safe bet, mate. Yeah, That's well, safe just based bet. upon his, the fact he's already been playing top-level ATP and... And he looked so good yesterday when he played against Goffan. I mean, he bageled Goffan in one of those sets. And he's he was playing. I think the, the conditions suited him. I'm not mm. going to lie. I think this these it conditions really did, yeah. do suit players who can hit winners. And 
he is hit, he's able to hit hard from the back of the court. And it shows that these well, players, uh, I'd like we'll go on again in, when we talk about uh, Stan Murray, the players who can't hit the winners as much, they're struggling out there. And uh, I think that was the case for Goffin, and he came up a cropper. No, Goffin's pretty good at that. I don't think it's really so much that. I just think it's the, the conditions it being the way they are. It's just re- very tricky for certain players. And I think someone who would thrive on this is a Schwartzman. This is like the perfect conditions for him. And uh, he come out afterwards saying he loves it the way it is. This is just perfect for him. And wow. he's come off flying. Yeah, um, but just well, for me to answer that question, for me, I would go for Alcraz. And the reason for that is I think he's got the highest ceiling in terms of he's the youngest. Uh, and what he's doing already at the age he's, he's at is like ridiculously impressive. So a few years, he's going to obviously mature a lot more, grow more into his body. And uh, it's a massive gamble, mate. Uh, but I just feel like Alcaraz could achieve a lot of brilliant things in the in the game of tennis. He's the one I think I'd li- I'd like to see actually make that step and do do well earlier, just because I think that his potential is much greater than the other two. I think he does have greater potential. I just want him to, I hope he gets to realise it within the next two years. But he is still so young. Don't forget, in two mm. years, he's going to be 19. So he's not even going to be at his peak then. You might even see... Yeah, exactly. Like, but it'll grow, 20... like it's a big transition. You know what it's like when you're 16, you're a bit lank, like things not really matured, your body's not really grown uh, to its full. Yeah, exactly. And you'd have a, see a lot of transition from, say, 17 to 19. Like a lot of changes will happen to your body. And I think that will only help him. I don't think, a physical element. I personally uh, don't think that we will see the same type of thing that we saw with, like, say, a Rafa when they come through at 17. I think the standard of tennis now across the board is so high mm. that I think for a player of 17 to go and win a Grand Slam now is close to impossible. If you're mm. going to get and try and get past all those players and the level of tennis there is, I just don't think it's, I don't think that that will be achieved for a very, very long time. Mate, I I'll have to you agree have... with you. Exactly. I don't think it will either. I think that, that the standard of tennis that it was before wasn't as high as it was now. So when you've got a superstar like someone like Rafa or Novak, people like that coming through, they stood out like a sore thumb and they were able to actually take some big scalps and just run run through a tournament. But I don't see what you've seen. Alcaraz didn't even make it through the qualifying in this tour, like so, that goes to show how. Yeah, but good... mate, he didn't make it. That is a bit. He had two match points, forty fifteen on his thing. It was a bit of a fluff lines more than anything. I don't think it wasn't because of his ability that he didn't make no, it. No, no, he's definitely got the ability. But that's what I mean. To he's massively mental, bottled it. To have the mental edge, like imagine yeah, someone like Rafa at that age was still so mentally strong, even at seventeen. So yeah, but like you, you say, maybe with our, all the other like players, like the general a level wasn't as yeah. high. No, exactly. And that's the, that's the main problem. So they're going to be fighting loads of other hungry youngsters trying to obviously get into those ATP events, get into the Grand Slams, all of that. And it's just stiff competition. I can't wait to see. I hope they can do it. I hope the level just keeps going up and up and up. And we used to see the most amazing sports stars or tennis stars that you've ever seen. The mo- we're going to be seeing the most crazy points I think you've ever seen. You're going to see shots you've never seen before. You're going to see people just pulling out tricks like you've never seen before. I think that's what the future holds. We just need to, this next breed to just get to that next level in their careers. That's all. Mate, talking about new shots, there's been a lot of uh, controversy at the moment with uh, the yeah. underarm serve. 
it's back. Like, uh, there's a lot of players it. now using it, um, and it's working very effectively. I think Bublik's really mastered it. I know he did a he did a few aces against Garin, and it was seemed to be really working. Garin, someone obviously uh, very much clay quarter, standing off the baseline, always very deep, and he was just caught off guard. I think it happened maybe once or twice. So. Yeah. I've seen there's other players been doing it as well. I forget forget who they were now. Um, but it seems to be that the underarm service is a, is a strategy players are now adopting. It's created a lot of chaos on Twitter. A lot of people hating on it. Other people saying it's brilliant. What? But, uh, and um, it's why? part of the rules, mate. So just use it. Like utilize it. Yeah, exactly. Would we ever see someone like a Roger Federer or a Djokovic or even a Nadal using the underarm serve? I, I very much doubt it. I think they're too traditional. Yeah, they are. And that's what I mean. This is the new breed of tennis, though. But I read, I was reading some of those comments under, after that that match he did with all those ace underarm service yeah. public. And there was a lot of controversy. But then there was some very valid points as well. There was people saying, when are people going to start using this against Dominic team? And that's what I was saying. Yeah, well, to be fair, I, I agree. You've been right a long, a lot, for a long time about this. You've always... Um suggested against Dominic team specifically someone who is always so deep yeah. just throw in a few underarm serves to catch him off guard keep and him honest if you That's can perfect it like with the nice level of spin just above the net it's virtually very difficult for team to get much on it if he does he's only going to be parrying it back for potentially you then to be at the net just to finish it off quite easily so exactly. yeah I agree I think it's a brilliant tactic I'm not really I hate all these people just getting against it because that is the rules just use the rules and uh, just develop with it. Yeah, I no, I totally agree. I think it's just people's, the game hasn't developed into this. I mean, people might see it as a strange tactic, but if you have a tactic in any other sport that will work to your advantage, people will use it. It's not a matter of breaking the rules. You're just doing something within the rules that people just, they're just traditionalists that don't like it. It's the old fans. It's, People just think it's like ruining the sport. I just think it makes it. Much well, people are saying more it's disrespectful. I don't understand how it's, it's disrespectful. Not... I, I you're respecting it... your opponent. If 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 anything, if you're saying that it's disrespecting them and it's it should make it easier for the opponent then to hit a winner back, but yeah. that's not always the case. Sometimes it is though. I've seen underarm serves go horribly wrong. I've seen yeah, Kyrgios do a few, and it wasn't really the right time to be doing one, and the opponents just literally just got there and just whacked one the other side, and then. Straight it's a risk, though. It's a very, very big risk. To yeah, but that's one. what sport that's... is, isn't it? Sport yeah. is a risk. You, have, you make risks, and sometimes you get rewarded. Other times you don't. So you tell um, me. You tell me. This is a good analogy. I think I just sort of thought of it. If you go to take a penalty in football, if you run up to the ball and about to boot it, and then just fake and do one of those little dinks where the goalkeeper dives and it just drops over the line, a pen peneca. Yeah, is that is that disrespectful? No, everyone thinks you're a genius that you just did that and have the like audacity to do it because yeah. you that that takes like balls to do stuff like that because you're in the biggest stage you could make a complete ass of yourself, but <laughs> if you do it and pull it off, you should be praised because you had the confidence and the ability to pull it off. Yeah, but then if I, I look on the other way as well, if if the keeper stands down the middle and saves it and catches it, then you should be open to criticism. Exactly. In terms of saying, well, you must up, mate. Why don't you just do a normal penalty? Exactly. But then you can miss normal penalties as well. So that's the way it is. It's the same with a serve. Sometimes it will work out, other times it won't. That's the beauty of the sport. And um, yeah, I don't know if you want to answer this question. It's quite an interesting one from John uh, Nati. He wants us to rank the t these talents in order. 
of uh, in order of ceiling. So Chapeau, Rublev, Sitapas, Sinas, Zverev. Well, who's got the highest ceiling of a of a potential? Well, look, looking at them, what well, the oldest ones are probably what Sitapas and Zverev. No, Sitapas is quite young. They're all quite yeah, young, aren't they? They're, they're all, all probably a similar young. age. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Zverev's been around for so long, but that's only because he's tired at such a young age. I think he's 23. Is he 23 or 24? Yeah, it's difficult to know. Like When you're judging a player's ceiling, you've got to look at their age and you've got to look about look at where they can potentially reach. And uh, that's why it's a bit of a tricky question. But off the top of my bat, top of my head, sorry, I would say I, I generally do think... John I think Rublev, Rublev, you've got to, you can't really ignore him. Like he's just no. someone. The way he started this year, if he progresses like he has done this year, he's someone you can't ignore. So I'd be exactly. reluctant not to put him top. To be honest, I know exactly. it sounds a bit bizarre, and it's like a, maybe a bit of a heat at the moment with the fact that he's just won a tournament. Maybe if you asked me a few months ago, I'd have probably said City Pass. I'd probably put Chapeau bottom. No, no I'd probably put I'd probably put Sinner mm-hmm. bottom. I, I like Sinner. I just don't see him ever really amounting to like the, the height. I know that's a bit, he's such a young guy, he could do. I'm probably going to be vastly wrong and I do really like him. But against them, all them players there, it's really tricky to to sort of rank them. That's going to need a bit more time, I think, from me. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, for me, uh, in, if he continues in his current uh, way he's growing as a player and like we spoke to Don Scoy and yeah. how he said that Rublev, eat, sleep, breathe, everything. And you just see how passionate. You see him after the Hamburg win as well. Yeah, like yeah. He was ran on the court, like, screaming, like, ah, yes, finally won this tournament. And what a win it was. He came back to win it. So I think he just shows all of the right qualities and he has a very good mental. So I think if he can just maintain more consistency, if he just gets that in his game, he's going to be hard to beat. I think he just needs to up his level a little no, bit. I think he tactically he needs to change as well. He can't always try and hit through players. Yeah, you yeah, saw yeah, it against exactly. Medvedev. You're not always going to be able to do that. You need to mix up your game. I think he could learn a lot from Medvedev, Rublev. Uh, probably, not, probably not on clay. But <laughs> Medvedev's not the best on clay. But in generally about his whole game, I think Rublev could learn a lot from his fellow friend Medvedev and countrymen. Uh, mm-hmm. But if I was to rank them, what I would do is Sinner at the bottom and Rublev, Rublev at the top. But I'm not sure about the others. I mean, the other... I'm... Before we'd seen this recent run of events, I'd probably have sit a pass at the top. Mm. Uh, but the recent, Me I don't too. know if his mind is going to be as as good from now on. I don't know. Um, for me, he would be maybe close to the bottom now. And that's sad to say because I really love his game and I love no, it. It changes so quickly. That's the thing. We're that's probably, if we do a podcast next month, we'll probably put sit a pass at the top. That's what I'm saying. It's really tricky to sort of say. The way I would put it, though, I would say. I would go, if I had to go off the top of my head, I'd go Rublev, Chapeau. I'm always such a negative Zverev person. He's always low. He's always the bottom of my one. I don't know why. Uh, I would probably go Rublev, Chapeau, Sitapas, Sinner, Zverev. I don't know. Zverev, I just I just can't ever get on board the Zverev train. He just doesn't do anything for me. I just feel like he doesn't. I think that's harsh. Me. That's harsh. It is he's the finalist, but... man, of a slam. Yeah, but he's and, finalist um... from beating who, though? Mate, come on. He's still got, you've got to win the games in front of you. And, um, yeah, you do. Zverev yeah. is a top player. He could surprise a lot of us in this franchise. I th- hope well, he does. So. I just want to see from him as well more consistency. Oh, and... A good judge, yeah, is other fellow players and what they think about 
uh, different players on the tour. And if you look at what Rafa Federer and Djokovic all said about Alex Ferev, then you'll you'll be a stupid not to rate him and not put him up highly because they all think the world of him. They think he's going to be a guy to win many slams. Uh, whether they're just saying that or not, that's another question. But I generally do believe like they've 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 not been so vocal about other players as what they have with Sverev. Maybe because he's like the first to come through. I'm not so sure. But... I think that that's the good point you make because he was really this one who sort of broke on the scene and. You just thought, wow, this kid's literally going to take over from the big three now. And that was what we thought. And he mm. hasn't done much. Since, and then he sort of fell off and the big three had just taken over again. He looked like he was about in the pole position just to do it. And then it just, he didn't, it seemed like the big three raised their level again. He never just went with it. He just stuck there still. And if not, other people overtook him as well. Yeah, yeah. So you, I think if he just, I don't know what it is. Maybe he's just young. Maybe he's just like enjoying life too much. And maybe he should focus a little bit more on the tennis and actually, yeah, not the lifestyle. Because if you want to be the, one of those top three, like the big three, the lifestyle, the lifestyle becomes second every time. You don't see any of those guys partying or doing all these type of things. Well, other than Djokovic, but. That was a bit of a one-off, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, let's move on to the next part of the video. And sure. uh, the question we pose really is, has moving the French Open been a bit of a disaster? Obviously, mm. we're looking at the weather. We've got new balls now. They're heavier. A lot of players are hit out and said they're terrible, the new balls. They yeah. hate in the conditions. You've seen Azarenka come out like she's in the Arctic to play. You've seen Dan Evans, after his loss, come out and say he wouldn't even give the balls to his dog to chew. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so like funny. a lot of, it's hard for us to sort of comment because we're not playing the game of tennis. We're not professional athletes. So we don't really know what it's like to play a normal Roland Garros on this. We're only going off the science and what they're, what they're telling us, really. And yeah. that is that the courts are particularly slow. Very, yeah. I mean, that's sort of the general consensus amongst all the players. And I think. And the balls is... are very heavy, right? Yeah. And uh, you're seeing. The new Wilson balls they're using. And. Uh, I don't know. I've watched it. I've watched a lot of the French Open. I'm trying to like look out for these things. And one thing I can say is it's just not been that good. I've not really enjoyed it that much. I think the playing, I don't know. I was really up for it before it started, but I don't know. The French Open in September, man, it's not the same. It's just it's not, not it's like same. a different tournament altogether. I agree. No there. It's just a bit dead. It really is dead. Like I've not watched any match and thought this is particularly brilliant. I've seen no. some like Schwartzman say, he's someone who thrives in these conditions of the way he plays. So for him, it's brilliantly exciting. Other players, look at Dan Evans and stuff against Nishikorian. It was a good match and all, but I just, it's just, I don't know, it's not really, it's hard to compare it against anything else because it doesn't feel like a, a Roland Garros to me. No, I totally agree. you playing it in September, it's so cut, it's like eight degrees I've seen. And uh, yeah, they're saying that they've, Players are free. They're getting soaked through, and then they're fr- those cold winds. They're fr- well, you've got the rain as well. You've got yeah. it's slippery, well, uh, so- and then in changeovers, they said that they're frozen. They're literally soaked through whatever tops they're wearing. Or oh, Azarenka walked off, didn't she? She went yeah. back to the locker room. I'm not surprised because who wants to sit there for a few minutes freezing and in wet clothes? Who wants to do that? This is just, it's just ridiculous. This is not what the French Open's about. The French Open's about nice hot weather. It has been, it has been killed a little bit. Like, it's just not the spectacle I've always grew up to love. And um, hopefully it gets better as it goes on. But you can't change the weather. It's something you can't really have much control over. 
The one thing um, it does They do, do have control over the balls. I'm not sure why they changed them. I don't know. But the one thing this does do, again, and it's just going to be a year of this, with it throws everything up in the air and you just don't know who's going to win. <laughs> and This is what it opens up the doors for a Schwarzman. Yeah, Does it open up the door for a sinner? Does it open up the door for some like new person to maybe come through and try and grab a slam again? Because the asterisks are being thrown around everywhere this year. I mean, yeah, the, the thing with Djokovic, though, he's so good on any surface. He could play on my patio outside and, and beat anyone. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, he's someone, he could play on a bit of deck in and win. Yeah, but he is yeah. another level on all surfaces. And he is probably the best, well, he's not probably, he is, in my opinion, the best player across all the surfaces. Um, he is, for sure. So, for really, for him, this would suit him, in a way, right? You'd th- he's probably someone who can adapt. He'll play his game. Um, we will see, but I think yeah, I think Dom, uh, some Dominic team. We'll see what happens now. I'm not sure how he's doing now with uh Silic. I don't know if any of you guys want to fill us in with that one. But before we talk about that, Rafa on the Dow, he's hit out and started complaining about the conditions, saying how terrible it is for him. Yeah, for um, him, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we'll see what happens. It, like you say, it would certainly be a lot more open, but then will it just be a bit of an asterisk, uh, Grand Slam? Well, this is this is it again. I just don't know what to make of it all. It's a it's a little bit of a shame because we got tennis back and we just got it back at a high standard and we saw some great tennis in the US Open and they still had obviously nice weather there. This one, yeah, it's just bizarre. This tournament now, I don't know really know what's it. Just so odd to see the French Open with rain constant and it's predicted rain all the way up until the women's final yes every day 90 percent chance of rain 80 percent chance of rain every day so whoever picked this tournament dates they're probably sat at home it's just money isn't it it's all money isn't it french open decided we'll put it there there's a good chance we'll be able to play a tournament then they don't care about what the conditions are going to be like do they even care about the quality of tennis to a level i'm sure they would for sponsors and stuff but aside from that as long as they're getting paid doesn't really matter too much. Geraldine there in the comments has said uh, teams up two sets to love. So apparently, and I just checked, and then that break that he was, I think he was down a break in was it the third set or the second? But he's he, teams one game away from the match now. He's oh, five right. two up in the third. And oh, thanks Chilich, for that, Geraldine. Chilich just serving to stay in it now. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I thought it was quite well. Just to touch back on the the conditions and all of this, I'm in adap- adapting to it. I think this is going to favour the big hitters, and I think we could see something maybe special from Andre Rublev, maybe because he's yeah. coming. I don't want to jinx him. I know that he's just won a tournament, which is always a bad omen <laughs> for going into another tournament, but. He looks proper pumped up and I'm quite excited to see what his first match is like coming into the French. And if he continues that form, he could be one to watch as well because Rublev, his time's going to come at some point and you know that he's going to grab a slam at some point. Why not now? For sure, yeah. I, I can see it happening. I know John's in the comments. He's quite a big fan of Rublev and he fancies him. And uh, he just kind of echoed our point there saying that the Hamburg quality was a lot better so far than the French. It's early, yeah. but it's early doors, so we'll see what happens there. Um, I don't know if you want to go through some of the results, Ben. Yeah, yeah, I've got him up. If you want to go, I've just uh, seen that tennis ace has said a uh, team is wearing a sweater and a turtleneck on court. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, what a sight for sore eyes that would be. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, one if you have you 
if you pull up the results from uh, yeah day one, this yeah. one we were so disappointed. <laughs> oh, the Roos man, he's not oh, done it, has he? Bonzi. What was what was happening there? Like, I mean, it's the must be the court. So, so what else can you blame? But Bonzi, we know he's good, but we didn't think he was good enough to beat Rusevori. But the Benjamin Bonzi through to the do you not think it will favour like um, I don't want to say worse players. It's a bit harsh, isn't it? But <laughs> not the best, not not as good. Basically, the underdogs. Do you think okay, a lot of underdogs could we could be seeing winning matches based off the fact that? They're able. They're used to probably playing on ITFs and challengers. Well, probably not many ITF players, but they've played a lot of challenger events where the conditions have not quite been the bet the top of what say an like ATP 500. No or fans as well. Yeah, so like a Bonzi, probably he was in his element, mate. He's played a lot of ITFs and challengers. Probably suited him down to the ground Bench as well. Don't forget and never go against the home faithful. Yeah, but I don't think that's true because Rusevori is in a similar boat, really. Uh, I just think Roos had a bit of an off day there. Looks like it, doesn't it? Uh, it's yeah. just sad to see after he did so well in recent tournaments. But going down there, talking about off days, Goffan, what yeah. what has happened to him? Mate? He's not really the same player, is he? Since he's come back, we know yeah. how good he can be. Uh, he's just not been very. I don't know. He's been terrible, to be honest. I don't want to be too harsh on him, but he's not looked up for it. Um, I was watching the third set of it, and he was just kind of just going through the motions. He like accepted defeat, wasn't showing much fight. At the end of the day, this is a grand slam. You'd expect a little bit more passion and desire from him. Yeah. I'm, I Just one thing that I was thinking before when they brought out the draw, and I just thought that was a terrible draw for Goffin. I thought he's not been playing well really anyway. Sin has been playing pretty well coming into this tournament. Yeah. Just saw that as being an easy win for Sinner straight off yeah, the yeah. bat. And it just proved proved right. Um, it's too easy, if anything. And Goffan needs to go and look in the mirror and work out what's going wrong. Don't know what's happening. Quite an <laughs> epic match in that next one. Taylor Fritz squeezed through against a well young uh, Czech player. I quite uh, quite keen on, which is Tomas Macak. And uh, yeah, I was surprised to see Fritz. He was would look like he was just going to clear up three sets of love, and then suddenly two. Dodgy sets there, six one six two, and then just pulled it through in the fifth. Yeah, and let's get down to the one that we were speaking about before. And Evans, oh god, don't think any of us really saw that coming. Really, I, I thought it'd be a close match, but I thought. Evans well, did you fancy should... Evans as well? I, no, I thought it'd be a close match, but I thought Evans. Well, it was, wasn't it? Went to the fifth set. What more do you I want? Know, I thought Evans would edge it though. I didn't think oh, Shakuri is. Right back to his best at all he was playing quite good Nishikori uh he was very he attacked Evan's second serves at crucial moments I was watching from the I think it's from the third set onwards actually and that yeah. fourth set was a bit of a shot from Dan Evans like I, that wasn't really with the run of the game it was a bit unexpected in terms of like Nishikori looked a little bit on top at that stage obviously winning the second set 6-1 as well yeah. and then that fifth set was a bit bizarre as well Nishikori come up the traps quick 3-0 up and uh, Evans pulled it back to free all. And then it was very tight. But then, yeah, just Evans, when he was trying to hold his serve to stay in the match, couldn't do it. And uh, it, was a, it was a relatively close match. But I think Nishikori deserved to win, if I'm being entirely honest. As much as I wanted Evans to do well, um, he just didn't really. And uh, Nishikori was a little bit better than him. I think Clay's his thing, though, to be honest. No. Nah. He, he was complaining about the balls. He was obviously saying about how he wouldn't yeah. even give them to his dog. So he was not it? too pleased. Maybe that's because he lost, though. Have you noticed all the people complaining so far are the ones who've lost? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've not it's seen not anyone. Seen... Actually, no, to be fair, you have. You've seen Azarenka. Azarenka. She's creamed it already. And uh, she's come out and complained about it. So 
Yeah, yeah. Well, that's no surprise, is it? I mean, she's just been in the form of her life. Yeah. So, but yeah, if we take another quick look down, uh, that that guy again playing so yeah. well on clay, Coria, he's through. It looked tight though, didn't it? Got two yeah. tie breaks and a seven five, but he, he got the job done in three. Yeah, and then another great. Well, this one I was. Yeah, this shocked. was incre- this is an incredible but, match. Yeah. Yeah, Rodionov, and we know that well, it's a proper classic. Another youngster who doesn't get spoken about enough, really, from Austria. And he's really good on the challenger scene, but taking out a pretty big player there, Chardy, in the first yeah. round. And, well, 10-8 in the fifth. <laughs> what a crazy match. I didn't get a chance to watch Chardy, I saw a bit of it. Chardy should have done better, to be honest. He should have closed it out in the third set. Um, to allow that to go to, well, a, 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 a fourth set was just criminal from him. And uh, fair play to Rodinoff. Like he's played a lot of tennis of late. The more informed guy in terms of a lot of consistency with different matches, and Shardy's not really had that. So I was really, I was really happy for him as well. Like he's super emotional. Um, this is his first slam. So fair play to the guy, and he's yeah. taken the opportunity with both hands. Uh, I don't one. know if you want to go down there. We've got yeah. a bit of love for Chechenato there in the chat. Yeah. Geraldine one, was asking, yeah, do true, you think yeah. Chechenato is going to go deep in this tournament? The conditions perfect for him, and he played a great match against uh, the Demon. Yeah, and bageled him there as well. But this is a cra- I didn't just think he'd lose in straight sets, uh, Demon. I know his clay is not really his forte, but yeah, great performance by Chechenato, and he was looking really good. And I, I would actually think that he could. Potentially, depending on his draw, which I just I'd, I'd have to bring up the draw to see uh, exactly who who he'd be playing in the next round. If I just have a quick look on this, yeah, yeah, and bring this back. Yeah, we're gonna have to be quite quick because I've got to go back yeah, to yeah. work in about five minutes, probably. So <laughs> no worries. <laughs> That's what man. I'm saying. Best to get through some of them. Yeah, so they started at the bottom half of the draw, didn't they? Uh, and. So he'll be playing Londero in the next round, who obviously came through in what was quite probably the, the most epic match of the first round, fourteen twelve in the Gosh. fifth. And that was one I, I thought, didn't even oh, see that. I didn't think it went. I didn't see it went that close. Yeah. And I thought that Londero was going to win this match, but then once he lost that third and fourth in such like crazy fashion, it looked like he was done. And then he battled back, and he just showed that extra bit of fight that you need to just get it over the line and that's what I think Londero yeah he's a very good player but I could see Cecinato beating him in the next round after that epic long match might be a bit tired Cecinato could move on but he could find himself up against a potential Alex Zverev in the next round (laughs) which uh, wouldn't want to be playing him to be honest he's not been the best or not been the worst form of his career he's been to a final yeah, yeah, as we know. So, yeah, just to skim through some of these like informed guys. Obviously, we had Quetfer up there. Uh, he managed to get it done. I think yes, he just got yeah, yeah. yeah, there. He is Quetfer. Gombos, bit of an upset there, yeah. which I actually I predicted that one. I thought Gombos would beat him. Maybe because I just don't like Borna Choric much. But um, and this one as well, we sort of skimmed over. This one was one I predicted. Travaglia taking yeah. out Andujar, which Andujar's just not come back to form yet, really. Yeah, then we've got uh, Benoit Pair down there. He's done well, managed to win. Yeah, didn't expect that. He's finally won. Yeah, well so done. That's good Benoit. for him. I didn't I didn't expect it at all. I was just not sure what pair to expect, but pair turned up. And your and, mate, uh, sportsman Brad... down there beat Kesmanovic and relatively well, easy. Easy for him. Relatively. It's just like a breeze. Yeah, just a breeze, like a different level. And Kesmanovic is someone who's a top player as well on clay, young player. 
Uh, but Swartzman just just knocked him off the court, really. Good win there for Zverev as well. Was Kekmanovic playing with a blindfold on or something? What was going on in this match? <laughs> no, it's just a Swartzman effect, man. But let's get on to the big match and then we'll probably you? have to wrap you, it up. No, I'm not talking about Albert. I don't know how he's done that. Thompson can't play on clay, that's why. <laughs> yeah, the great result. It's just your mate. Uh, what, the big... Which which big match? The Vavrinka Well, Murray Wabrenka, that's the big one. I obviously, oh. was going to do a title and do a big, uh, like a half an hour segment on Andy Murray, but we've run out of time now. But we'll talk about it more on the next one. But a lot of people have been calling for, well, I think uh, Mats Willander's come out and said that he doesn't feel that uh, Andy Murray should have returned back to tennis. He should have known his time was up and sort yeah. of given these lucky loser spots, or not lucky, sorry, wild card uh, spots to more hungrier, younger players. Um, it's very yeah. controversial. A lot of people have come out and disagreed with him. Notably, Nick Kyrgios has come out and slammed uh, Wills Willander for even saying that, saying <laughs> Andy Murray can do what he wants. Um, and I do, I do agree with that to a level. Of course, he can do what he wants, and I still think Andy Murray can play at a relative, uh, well, a very good level to compete in matches. But is competing enough? Because we've seen with Wawrinka, people saying, "Oh, could Andy Murray beat him?" We both said we didn't really give him much chance. And it's just a bit sad because we know how good Andy Murray was yeah. and he's never really going to get back to that, it seems. So it's yeah. just like tricky judging him off what he previously was. If he was like someone who's never achieved anything and he's playing at this level, no one would bat an eyelid. But it's not like that, is it? Do you want to see him en- enter like the sort of Leighton Hewitt bracket where you're just playing and getting out, going out in the first round of slams for the next five years? I mean, is that a good way to? Hey, end Leighton Hewitt was too bad in his last few, his last. Uh, he didn't last yeah, he few got, years. To a, got to a couple of second, third round. He just yeah, I saw him at Wimbledon. He's an amazing uh, tournament. Yeah, he's still an amazing. Like, and people would get. He was still flying around the court with Andy Murray. It's different. He's not flying around the court because he just looks like. Um, I don't know. He just looks handicapped. Like, right. I don't want to be too harsh on him. He doesn't look the same man, does it? Robotic a little bit. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, he's obviously taken so long with those injuries. And Willie, just the years, uh, like, caught up on him once he finally does, like, get over the injury completely. And it's just very sad to see. And just all you can do is just hope that he comes back uh, after this tournament. He just said they think it's the worst defeat he's ever had at a Grand Slam and he's just, he's just going to have to go back review it and just uh, speak to his team and just work out what went wrong because yeah. Stan Wawrinka is just a horrible draw for anybody in the French Open and he wouldn't, couldn't have asked for a worse draw pretty much in that match other than someone like Rafa or someone like that in the first match but Stan Wawrinka, he obviously lost to Massetti uh, and he got bageled by Massetti, but apparently he uh, had sacked his coach like the day of the day of that match or he'd just got oh, rid of his coach. And there was people started to think that like, there's some frailties in his game. I don't think so. I think he just had an off day there and I think he is back. And I think he'd definitely want to watch out for him in this tournament because these slow courts, it proved in this match. You have a long rally, he's more likely to come out of the victor because he's got a big shot at the end of it somewhere. It's yeah. so in that rally, he's going to be able to finish it. And Murray was, yeah, struggling to compete with the power. It's a different right. level, mate. And the tennis ace sums it up quite quite nicely, actually. It's a tough match for Murray to return. He should start smaller, perhaps get some wins. And I think maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea for him to move down to the challenges. I know it sounds stupid, but... Yeah. I think at least to get a bit of a like consistent run together. Uh, I don't particularly think he'll be winning all the matches even there. 
um, yeah, totally I hate to say it because it's not because Andy Murray is not good enough. It's just because he's been hampered with so many injuries and he just doesn't seem to be moving as freely around the court as what other players are able to. And that's he just the, the hard time, truth. Man. He did it and before and he came back to challenges last year and then he got to the final and lost to Matteo Viola in one of the finals. Yeah. But then after that, he played. I think he played another challenger or he went straight into the uh, Antwerp and won yeah, Antwerp. Yeah, then he won Antwerp, beating Stan in the final, didn't he? So I think it's a yeah. good idea for him to maybe drop down, refine some form and then move back up again. I don't want to, all these calls for Andy Murray to retire. I think it's a bit harsh. Mm. Give the man a break, mate. He's been through a lot. And uh, I think the sport's a better place when Andy Murray's playing. Uh, but I don't know how much longer he can go on playing like this. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, like something's going to have to have to give here or there. Yeah, I, I agree. I know that uh, we're probably running out of time. Just want to say thanks for everyone who's joined us on this uh, live stream. Yeah. It's a little bit uh, makeshift just because I've had to come into the office to uh, do it. But thanks to everybody who has. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. If you haven't if, haven't liked this video please hit the like button it really helps us out and uh yeah just keep on coming back each day because we're going to be giving you hopefully some daily podcasts so yeah, yeah for, for the french open and hopefully we get some better tennis coming yeah up. we've got a lot to talk about what the women's side on the next one yeah uh, tomorrow we'll fill out with more men's hopefully we'll do a bit longer if i can uh start a bit earlier um exactly. but yeah thank you thanks to everyone joining us and uh we'll see you on the next one cheers guys Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.